Welcome to this episode of the Just Godcast. This week, to celebrate Mother's Day, Dr. Rob is sharing three characteristics of a woman who just doesn't give up. Well, happy Mother's Day. This is a super huge day, especially for the women in our lives. No matter where they are, uh, no matter who they are, they really kind of fit into the category of Mother's Day. You know, there are women that just won't give up. Women actually, they're either one of or the most influential part of the development of a child's life. You know, a father, kids look up to their fathers and, and that's really true. But also children are really, really programmed by their mom. What they think about their dad comes from their mom. A lot of things that they think in life come from their mother. It's interesting, somebody had wrote this, actually, the anonymous person wrote this. It's called the 23rd Mom Mom Psalm. It says here that my mom is my shepherd, I shall not want. She makes me lie down in her cool and downy comforters. She watches me play beside still waters. She restores my soul. She leads me in the paths of respect and responsibility and goodness, for I'm her namesake. And that's so important, I'm her namesake. He said, yeah, even though I walk, I walk past monsters in the dark. He says, I will not be scared, I won't be afraid, because my mom is always near me. Her hands and her voice, they comfort me. My mother sets the table and calls me to dinner, even in front of big, big bullies. She anoints my skin, knees, and a broken heart with kisses. She smiles and throws me a towel when my cup runs over. Surely God's peace, power, and mercy shall uphold me all the days, all the days of my life. This is going to uphold me, for my mother taught me to dwell and the house of God forever. So many of us have had such godly mothers or grandmothers, those that have really shaped our lives into being something that we could never have been if in fact that they weren't, they weren't there with us. Lord Shaftesbury said this. He said, give me a generation of Christian mothers and I will undertake to change the world in society within 12 months. It's interesting that even in prison, that during Mother's Day, they, they set out a stack of cards on the table. And when they would come back, every one of those cards was gone because they had written to their mothers or their grandmothers. But on Father's Day, there were so many cards that were left on the table because... They weren't writing to their fathers, but they would write to their mothers. What was the origin of Mother's Day? In the United States, Mother's Day was first suggested in 1872 by Julia Ward Howe. And this was a lady who wrote the words to the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Really, really an interesting and dedicated woman. She was very dedicated to peace. Now, Miss Howe, she would hold organized Mother's Day meetings 
in Boston every year. That's where it started. Now, President Theodore Roosevelt said this about Mother's Day. He said, when all is said and done, it's the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does part in rearing and training aright the boys and girls who are the men and the women of the next generation, that if she would only realize it, she holds a more honorable as well as important position in the child's life than any man. She really does. She's more important by far, Theodore Roosevelt said. She's more important by far than any successful statesman or businessman, artist, or even a scientist. There's a few funny things that, that our moms actually taught us. It was interesting. You know, my mother taught me genetics. She said, you're just like your father. She taught me about genetics. My mother taught me about receiving. That was interesting. She said, you're going to get it when you get home. That was it, but that was so true. My mother taught me religion when I was not even a believer. She taught me religion. She said, you better pray that we can fix what you just broke. That's a, that's a hilarious thing. My mother taught me about the circle of life. She said, I brought you into this world. She said, I can now, now I can take you out. But my favorite one of all is that my mother taught me justice. She said, one day you're going to have kids. And she said, and I kid, and I hope that those kids are just like you are so you can realize what I've been going through all my life with you. My mother taught me about justice. There were great women in the scriptures. Very interesting thing. And a lot of times what we do is we, we really think about the men of the Bible. We think of Moses and David and Abraham. We think of the apostle Paul. We think of all of the, the, the prophets. But we don't think much about the women in the Bible. We don't talk about them much. But Miriam, who was Moses' older sister, she led the people in praising God and thanking God after they were crossing the Red Sea. She sang this song and she led the people. She said, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider have been thrown into the sea. Now Ruth, now we're gonna talk about her in a minute, but Ruth, this Moabitess, she actually put God first in her life over all the things that she learned in Moab. And when she did, she actually became a person who was in the lineage of David. Now Esther, Queen Esther, who had the uncle, whose name was Mordecai, he was the one who raised her as her parents had now been gone and passed away. She actually was taken into the harem of the king and um, they never wanted the king to know that she was a Jewess, but she took her life in her own hands. She went to see the king when she was not even available or it wasn't right for her to go in and see the king. She took her life into her own hands so that she would be able to see her people delivered, the Jewish people. What about the woman who anointed Jesus' feet? with the expensive ointment. What about 
What about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who gave birth to the king of kings? What about that woman? What if she would not have believed the things that the angel had told her? What would have happened then? You see, women are tremendously important to life and to our lives. The challenge, ladies, that we're having right now isn't the fact that you're not important, but remember your importance as a woman. The challenge that we have is that women many times are now trying to be a man and they're trying to compete with men and they're trying to stand up against men. So realize your strength lies in being a woman, not being a man. Don't just be another man because you're far, far greater than any man could ever be if you were to only understand it. What about Martha? Martha, who was the servant who served the Lord Jesus and 83 people in one day, just like that, you don't see her doing anything except, Lord Jesus, can you get my sister to help me? What about Martha's sister Mary? Mary, who, who sat at Jesus' feet. What about Mary Magdalene? Mary Magdalene, uh, you know, a tough life for sure. But remember, she was the one that received the first command to go and tell. She was there when she took that, that spikenard, when she took those, those ointments to be able to go and anoint Jesus after his burial. She went there and found that, that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, oh, that is so good. She hears from him, he tells her. He said, now go and tell. Go and tell my brother. She got the first command to be able to go. So here's something that, that you need to know on this great, great Mother's Day, is that there's three things or three characteristics of women that just won't give up. Ladies, just don't give up. Know who you are. Know who you're not. But when you know who you are, never give up ever. The first one is, is that women who won't give up, they overcome great obstacles. They do. What about Ruth? Here it was that Ruth is in Moab and um, Naomi and her husband actually move to Moab because Israel was having such a difficult time at that time. And when they moved there, they had two sons. And those two sons fell in love with a girl whose name was Ruth and a girl whose name was Orpah. What happened was, was that her husband died, Nehemiah. And Ruth's husband died and Orpah's husband died, all within a year. So Naomi starts out with the two girls because they're going to go tour with Israel, to Israel. And Naomi stops and she says, my daughters, go home, go back to Moab, go into the arms of a man that'll love you, go have some children, go enjoy your life. 
And ultimately what happens is, is that Orpah goes back. The girls cried and Orpah wept and she wept and she wept, but then she went back to Moab. But Ruth said, no, don't ever expect me to leave you. For wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will become my people and your God will be my God. Don't ever, ever ask me to go. May the Lord do worse things to me than what seemingly happened in your life, if anything, but death separates you and me. And because of that, because she overcame the obstacles, the poverty, the hunger, the being without anyone in her life anymore, she became great as far as God's kingdom was concerned and got herself into the lineage of David. Well, what about, you know, the second thing? The second thing about women that just won't give up, they just won't give up, is they're determined. Do you know, you have to really know what you believe. In Mark chapter 5, it gives us this story of this woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. Now, the, the Bible never tells us whether or not that, that this woman is uh, a Jewess or she was some type of pagan or foreigner. doesn't say that. But here it was that she had been bleeding for 12 years. Can you imagine? She must have been a woman of substance at one time, but she'd spent all that she had. And instead of getting better, the Bible tells us things got worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press. All of these people are all around Jesus. And she presses her way through to be able to get to Jesus because she continually said, continually, 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 because she was determined. She said, if I but touch his garments, I'll be made whole. If I touch his garments, I'll be whole. I, I know that I will. And so she pressed her way through to to be able to get to Jesus. Now remember, she had to press her way through all of these people who had the right to be able to stone her to death because she was out in front of everyone having been unclean. But she pressed through all of it and she grabbed onto Jesus' garment. She touched it and she said, if I touch this thing, I'm gonna get better. And she touched it and she knew in herself that she was healed of this plague. And Jesus looked around and said, who touched me? The disciples turned around and answered him and said, well, you know, master, everyone is touching you. He said, no, uh -uh. someone touched me. The Bible says that she heard Jesus talking about that and came and told him all of the truth. Why did this happen? 
because this woman that just wouldn't give up was determined. Not only do great women overcome obstacles, but great women, great women actually are determined. They're determined, they don't quit, they don't stop. They don't do any of those things. And then great women, the third thing is, is that great women know they need God. A lot of times when people pray about things and over a situation in their life, they, they actually believe that, you know, oh man, uh, you mean that, you mean it's come to that? We're gonna have to pray now? We'll know this, is that if you would pray first, not last, things would be so different. Strength is not being able to hold on, but strength is being able to show that you're praying about the situation. There was a woman whose name was Hannah, and she was married to a fellow whose name was Elimelech. Now, Elimelech had two wives. Hannah was one of them, and, and Penina was another one of them. Now, Penina had kids, but Hannah had none. And so they would go every year to, to be able to worship God, you know, in the city of God. And when they would go there and they would be able to have a meal, they would have a meal together, is that Elimelech would hand out the portion to Penina and to the children that were Penina's. But when it came to Hannah, that Elimelech gave her a double portion of all of it because he loved her. He loved her. But Panina continually made, made uh, fun of Hannah because she had no children. And so one of these years when they had gone up to worship, it was a tough day. Panina had said so much. She ridiculed. Hannah. So Hannah went into the temple. Hophni and Phinehas were the priests at that time. And Eli was the one who was the attendant inside the temple. Hannah goes into the temple and she begins to cry. She's wailing before God and she's laying out all of her her desires before God that she didn't have any children. And as she's mumbling all of these things and crying, Eli thinks that she's drunk. And Eli said to her, you drunken woman, get out of here. And she said, oh, man of God, man of God, I, I've never drank before the Lord. I'm not drunk. She said, I'm pouring out my heart to God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, the Bible tells us there, approximately verse 12, 13, 14, it says that Eli tells her, he said, go your way and may the Lord grant 
the petitions that you laid out before him today. And the Bible says that when she went from there, now this is interesting about knowing your need for God, is that when she went from there, the Bible tells us that she was no longer sad. Well, wait a minute. Why wouldn't she any longer be sad? Because now she knew that God was going to meet her need. And she said to God, God, she said, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you forever. I'll give him to you for all time. I'll do that. He'll belong to you. I dealt, I will dedicate him to you in every way. And she got pregnant and she had the prophet whose name was Samuel. And that's where Samuel came from. And she brought Samuel and she brought his little, you know, his little tunics with him at approximately age four or five. And every year she would bring a new tunic to him because he was dedicated to the Lord for all of his life. You see, Hannah knew she needed God because it's only God that can do what he desires to do in this life. You and I can't do any of this. Only God can do it. Women who just won't give up, they just won't. They won't stop. Now, children learn what they live. Now, Dorothy Law Nolte said this. She actually had this little, these little sayings. She said, if a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. Watch and see what your kids do. If they're critical, maybe they're being criticized. If a child lives with hostility, he learns how to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns how to ridicule others. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate things. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself, not hate himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns how to find love in a very loveless world. That's what she said. You have so much influence in the lives of the young. Remember each and every word, everything you say and everything that you do and the way you display yourself. That child is there just registering all of it. Never forget that. Every child deserves a mother 
with this understanding. Freedom, freedom is possessing the morality to do what you must. Freedom is possessing the reality to do what you must, not proclaiming you hold the liberty to do what you want. Freedom, freedom is possessing the morality to do what you must. Do what you must, ladies. Women that just won't give up. Do what you must. Don't do what you want. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Just Godcast, where Dr. Rob brings you empowering insights and easy to understand takeaways that you can use to lead yourself, your family, and your team. We release episodes every Monday, so be sure to come back next week. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.